Hey everyone, thank you for tuning into the Leftover Pizza Podcast. We're getting back on track with summer as we're recording this right now. Tomorrow is the official first day of summer, and we'd like to kick it off with the podcast's first official summer playlist. Yes, summer playlist. If you've been uh, following along with either of us for a while, either over on uh, It's Dem Boys or Retroplasm or wherever you might know us from, we've been doing a Dem Boys summer playlist. Uh, this is the fifth year that we've done one so far. And each year we've sort of given ourselves a challenge of basing it around some sort of a theme. So like an 80s summer or like a pandemic summer where nothing mattered so we had no theme. <laughs> the theme was no theme. Um... But yeah, for the last five years or so, music uh, and building playlists have been a really big part of our summer tradition, and for good reason, because you're basically building your summer memories around music, so if you ever have these big important moments or these things that you want to remember from summer to summer, these songs sort of stick with it, so I I think it's a pretty important tradition, don't you? Very, very important, and... For me personally, when we're getting into these seasons and you're not quite feeling all there yet, you throw on a summer playlist or a Christmas playlist or whatever have you, Mm -hmm. and you're in the right mindset almost immediately. It's that important. Exactly, exactly. Sort of like our scent memories when you and I were like really crazy about candles and setting the mood for a certain season or holiday. The music is just as important as the scents or food and snacks or whatever. So, big important part of every season, and I'm very excited to be doing this with you, the very first Leftover Pizza summer playlist. Absolutely. What do you say we get into it? I am totally ready to get into it. Well, almost totally ready. I'm not going first this time, you son of a bitch. I volunteered you to go first last time, so I'll do the honorable thing and go first this time. So that's five songs each, ten songs total. You know what we're doing. Let's get it. Get it, bitch. Rick James, bitch. <laughs> Here it is, a cool, slightly transformed. Just a bit of a break from the norm. Just a little something to break the monotony of all that hard. There was a reason why I was okay with going first this time. And you want to know why? Why? Because it's not summer. Until you hear that fucking song that just played. Summertime by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. And what a great song to kick off the first official Leftover Pizza Podcast summer playlist. I agree. It's an essential, almost cliche pick. Yeah, definitely. It's a cliche pick, but you know, this is our first one. We gotta, we gotta smack a I couple of them. <laughs> smack I get a it. No, they <laughs> smack a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I no. There's certain songs that people are going to expect to be on this playlist. Understandably so. We have a little bit of a reputation, a little bit of a brand. All right. If we're talking 80s and 90s, most times you got to throw this song on at least. Just, just to appease them, you know. To, to, to. What, what's that thing in Star Wars? The, the Wampa. I remember that right. <laughs> I don't know. Tell you. No that idea. big old beast in the cave. That guy. We gotta appease that guy. <laughs> that's our, that's our fan base right now. If we don't put it on, they're like, <laughs> and we're like, all right, all right, chill out. Here's summertime. Goddamn. Anyways. Anyway, yeah, so we know Will Smith is, you know, in his mishaps right now. We're not going to go too in detail with that, but uh, what we will say is that this song slaps harder. (laughs) That's also why you said we slapped it on this playlist earlier, maybe, possibly. (laughs) We all know that Will Smith is just a meme at this point, but yeah, this song deserves to be here. Uh, It was produced by Chicago-based producers Hula and K-Fingers, It won a Grammy Award for Best Rap Performance by a Duo or Group at the 1992 Grammy Awards. It spent a week at number one on the U.S. Hot R&B and Hip Hop Songs chart, as well as reaching number four on the Billboard Hot 100. It also became the duo's first single to enter the top ten of the U.K. singles chart, peaking at number eight. All that from a song that almost didn't fucking happen. It almost didn't happen? Why did it almost not happen? I'm so curious. 
so I guess on the uh, audio book that Will Smith just put out recently, um, claims that he finished an album in two days. So his voice was all raspy and kind of beat up from it. They showed him this song, and he wasn't going to do it, but at last minute decided that he was going to do it. He wrote the whole song on, I guess he was sitting at the airport waiting for his flight, and it ended up being one of the biggest hits of his entire musical career. Hmm. I believe that he uh, wrote it in two days. I would believe that because uh, there's that one point in the song where he tries to rhyme and then rhymes something else with fix it and then takes that break. And it like doesn't quite <laughs> rhyme. It almost does. So I, I believe that this man has been sitting in an airport just scribbling down on some extra notebook paper writing this song. Oh, yeah, for sure. You uh, a, a fan of this song, by the way? You listen to this song? Of course I listen to this song. I listen to this song. I like Miami. I mean, if we're just talking Will Smith bangers, I think uh, Men in Black might be my favorite song of his. It's just the perfect moment in pop culture, but... Uh, if we're talking just solely warm weather summer bangers, this is the one. I'm sorry, it's not Men in Black as much as I wish that it was. It's such a go-to song for me. Like I immediately put this on when the first day of like really nice hot weather comes out. If I'm doing anything outside, if I'm like cleaning my car or mowing the lawn, any of that stuff, like this is the first song that I have on my playlist and it's a fucking banger. True, true. Just sipping on some charcoalberry, Charcoal pondering your life, <laughs> pondering your life choices. I will say, uh, to his credit, not many artists have two songs that I have to put on almost every themed playlist I'm making. Right, If I'm listening in the summertime, this song has to make it on. And if I'm listening at Halloween, uh, Nightmare on My Street song has to make oh, yeah. it on. So it's quite the feat, quite the feat. But yeah, so that is the first of ten songs on the summer playlist. Big Willie style, Big Willie style. Big Willie style. What's your, what's your first one? My first one. Here comes. So that was La Isla Bonita by Sean Penn's ex-wife, Madonna. <laughs> we only refer to her as Sean Penn's ex-wife. Or or Wayne Campbell's dream girl. All right. That's those are the only two things that I that I'll I'll refer to Madonna as. No, obviously <laughs> Madonna is arguably a lot more famous than Sean Penn, although everybody does know who Sean Penn is that just speaks to the magnitude of Madonna the queen of the 80s herself what can I say about La Isla Bonita I just what a what a song it just very vibey is it not isn't it so good and so summery and so I just feel like I'm in the middle of a very dark rainforest but like in a good way like there's no predators near me I don't have any big tarantulas like aiming for my jugular there's no pythons that are going to strangle me in my sleep you know what i mean like this is the good part of deep in the in the rainforest like in a tree house like i've got like 500 bottles of rum uh, making like pina coladas you know that type of summery exotic goodness it turns out the song actually translate to the beautiful island so you're not too yes. far off yes the beautiful island obviously it's in spanish uh, and I, I learned also grimy that this song is about the beautiful island of San Pedro. Yes. Where she longs to be. Have you ever heard of the island of San Pedro? I haven't. I really you haven't? don't even know what yeah. it is. Nope. Yeah. Nobody else had before this song either because it doesn't fucking exist. It's apparently. Fictitious. <laughs> That's how you know whoever wrote this song did such a great job painting a picture where you can just picture yourself on this island, having some drinks, just surrounded by exotic beauty or whatever the fuck, I don't know, because it's not real. Uh, in a 2009 interview I found out, Madonna said to Rolling Stone, I don't know where that came from. I don't know where San Pedro is. At that point... I wasn't a person who went on holidays to beautiful islands. I may have been on the way to the studio and seen an exit ramp for San Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So San Pedro didn't exist, which is fine because I don't need it to exist because this song exists. Released in February of 1987, by the way, off of her third album, True Blue. Can you believe that this fucking song came out in February? It just seems like the wrong time to release it. It does. But perhaps her train of thought was, well, February kind of sucks for everybody who's not in L.A., so let's gift them this beautiful song to get them through. True, true. Everybody's longing for summer. Here's a little sliver of summer for them. Wow, say that five times fast. A little sliver of summer, a little slit. Anyways, I can't. You do got it. through it really nice the first time. Congratulations. The first time, that second time. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I also found out about this song. It was originally pitched to Michael Jackson, and he turned it down. Just read that not long ago today, actually, when I was like, kind of uh, prepping for this show. Pretty interesting. Yeah, the uh, the composer of Sonic Three himself turned down this <laughs> song. His one chance at a hit, at a hit single. <laughs> <laughs> Only to be known as the guy who made the music for Sonic 3. I can't believe it. But, yeah, I never you know, even heard about Michael Jackson until I, today. I, I don't even know who he is. I do know who Madonna is, though. She was once married to Sean Penn, so you have to know who she is, right? Obviously. Right. So that was Hot and Cold by Jermaine William Stewart, used in the 1989 summer film Weekend at Bernie's. We talked a little bit about Weekend at Bernie's on the drive-in show. And if you were listening, you would already know that this was the original title. That's right. The working title for Weekend at Bernie's was Hot and Cold, which makes a little bit of sense with uh, it being a hot summer weekend at the beach and Bernie being dead, a.k.a. Cold, get it? Yeah, hot yeah. and cold. Therefore, this song, hot and cold. I get it. I get it, Grimey. I get it. Really happy they decided to go with the alternate title because it just, I don't know. I can't imagine liking this movie as much and calling it, oh, I got hot and cold. I can't wait to go home and watch Hot and Cold this nobody beautiful Nobody would know what the fuck afternoon. you're talking about. Yeah, nobody would yeah, have any yeah. idea. Oh, I'm going to go watch Hot and Cold. What the fuck is Hot and Cold? Oh, it's that movie about the dead guy where the two interns start dragging him around the beach and everybody thinks he's alive and they get into hijinks. Hot and cold? Oh, you mean Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, yes, yes. Anyway, so I was looking this song up. I don't know why. You can't find anything online about this. You can't find lyrics. I'm surprised that I found a release date. I don't have any clue. I've checked Wiki. I checked Google. I've checked everything. There's nothing on this song at all. Luckily, the words aren't too hard to uh, hear in the song, so I have a pretty good idea of what is being said, but kind of a bummer. I hate when I can't find lyrics. Yeah, you'd think with the internet and everything being like the preservation sanctuary that it is, uh, there would be some sort of better record keeping on this, but I don't know. Some of those things just sort of get lost to time. We're lucky that it even exists on YouTube, that we can listen to a version of this on YouTube, which... By the way, is the only way that you're going to be able to listen to this song in full. Because aside from the clip that we just played for you, it's not going to be on our Spotify playlist for the Leftover Pizza Podcast Summer playlist. Wow, what a mouthful. Because it's not on Spotify. It's not on Spotify. Absolutely 100% not on Spotify. So, yeah, it's a pretty easy listening song. It's very upbeat. It's kind of beachy. Kind of has that, like ska vibe going for it almost you know without the, the wind instruments yeah a little bit of ska a little bit of reggae yeah a little funk up in that bitch <laughs> <laughs> yes mm-hmm. i can totally picture listening to this whilst frolicking on a beach with maybe a couple of dabs of tan lotion on my face <laughs> Did you have fun writing that down? Were yeah, I like, did. I did. Where you're like, wow, this sounds so great and so summery. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, I got to say that with my mouth. Those words have to come out of my throat hole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say it again? No. Well, okay, once. I can picture listening to this whilst frolicking on a beach with a couple of dabs of suntan lotion over my face. <laughs> <laughs> It was worse when you said it slow. I 
Yeah, it was. Oh, it was pretty it gross. Was so much worse. Yeah. We, I, next time we should hire somebody with a really deep baritone voice to say that for us. I'm old buddy old bread. <laughs> uh, hot and cold. Yes, what a song. Mm. Hey, you know what it reminds me of? Is, is how I don't have photogenic feet and I can't go to the beach because uh, they're just so disgusting. They're <laughs> shaped only. like shaped like dinosaurs' foot cereal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so hot and cold really just makes me feel very self-conscious. Thanks for that. I really, really appreciate you bringing that back up. You're welcome. So don't you like act now. Supplies are running out. A lot with your skill a lot. Six to eight years to arrive. And if you follow them, they be tomorrow. But if the office shun, you might as well be walking on the sun. That was my favorite band of all time. The one, the only Smash Mouth. Guy Fieri. <laughs> no, no, no. Wasn't uh he in that other band in sync, I think? In sync clown I think, posse? I think yeah, yeah. I I'm getting all my bands mixed up. That was Walking on the Sun by Smash Mouth. Uh this was the debut single of the band Grimy, released in June. Of 1997 off their debut album, Fushu Mang. What a strong song to kick off with, too. Like, oh my god. I know. Can you imagine that being your debut single? Like, that, just releasing an absolute classic of the ska genre, of the alternative genre, of the Smash Mouth genre. Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, hey, little known fact, Smash Mouth did invent the Smash Mouth genre. Okay. This is true. This is true. I am not kidding when I say that Smash Mouth is one of my favorite bands of all time. And people gave me such a hard time for that. Like, it was cool to like Smash Mouth when I was, like, really, really young when they first came out, right? They were, like, the hottest band on on Earth ever. And then Shrek rolled around, and they were still cool. And then the 2010s rolled around, and then Shrek memes rolled around, and then Shrek memes completely ruined the... uh, how the band was perceived, yeah. right? They just became a meme band. As far as I'm concerned, you remember them metal ball necklaces? As <laughs> yes. soon as those and Jinkos went out of style, there was nothing left for Smash Mouth to do. They they had to just <laughs> exit the building. They did. <laughs> and, it, it's, and they did, though. They did exit yeah. the building. And then the public was like, we need more Smash Mouth. But they did it for the wrong reasons. The public wanted them for the wrong reasons, not Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth was just sort of like, oh, you're ready to love us again? And then they tried, and we were like, go the fuck home. Except me. Except me. I really loved them. I really, I wish everything the best for Smash Mouth always and forever. I love them. I love them so much. And I'm not even ashamed at how much I'm gushing about Smash Mouth right now, Grimey. I'm just not. I'm just not. Well, apparently it's only us that like him because everybody else seems to think that Steve Harwell is either Guy Fieri or Violent J from ICP. But, I mean, realistically, have you ever seen all three of them in the same building at the same time? No, I haven't. I haven't. And it's very possible that he could just be pulling triple duty right now. And that's (laughs) maybe why he's gone crazy and needed to retire from, from Smash Mouth. Maybe. Seriously. I wish him the best. I hope he gets well because I want... A rip roaring comeback when they are seventy five years old, and I will be front front and center at that show. Yeah, and I'll cry. I'll cry well, so hard. I hope that their rip roaring comeback comes as beachy as this music video does, though. Wow! So the music video is like it has tiki's. They're on the sandy beach. There's a bunch of girls in bikinis. Lots of sunglasses. I think they mm. uh, purchased every Panama Jack pair of sunglasses you could purchase at Walmart <laughs> for this music Jack. video. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and I think that speaks to speaks volumes of how cool I think we thought they all were. Like, oh, yeah. Panama yep. Jack just sounds so cheesy, right? But there was, like, a time and a place for Panama Jack where they were just, like, the coolest fucking dudes on the planet. I genuinely think with this song, this was the first time in my life when I learned and understood what, like, being cool in music meant. 
Like, I know that sounds really stupid. So if no, this came out no. in 1997, I was uh, four going on five years old at that point, I think. And one of my cousins was getting married. And I remember nothing about this wedding other than one piece of the reception. And it Smash was when up. my, yes, my cool <laughs> uncle grabbed me from the table. And he was up dancing. He was probably drunk and having a good time. And he's like, you like this song? And I remember him being like, Oh yeah, this song's so good. And I'm like, what is it? And he just goes, It's Smash Mouth walking on the sun. Oh, and I God. go, Whoa, that's so cool. And like for years, because again, I was like five years old and we didn't have the internet. I couldn't just go home and look it up. I didn't have the C D. It took me it, it would be like months and months in between every time I would hear this song. And I would like beg my parents to be like, I want to listen to Smash Mouth. I want to listen to oh, Walking yeah. on the Sun. And they were like, No, no. And they wouldn't buy the album. They wouldn't whatever. So when I finally finally I ki- this is a hundred percent truth. Okay. When iTunes became a thing and I got my first iTunes gift card back in the day and an oh, MP3 fuck. player, that was yeah. the first fucking song I purchased on iTunes. So, yeah, of course this song is on our summer playlist. <laughs> I have such memories with it. I could, and, I mean, it's about the sun. It's very yeah. summery. The sun I is can summery. See I can see it. You're just cruising around on your skateboard and you got your little iPod shuffle and you're listening to whiny neighbor. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So really great memories with this. I have some other talking points, but I just feel like it would bring the vibes down right now. All I'll say is if you want to be sh- shocked and stunned about what this song is all about, uh, just look up smash mouth, Rodney King riots. That's all I need you to look up because there's some context and some meaning behind these lyrics that are way, way deeper than I ever knew. And I've been listening to this song for like 25 years now. And it was a sort of like a a third eye blind, semi-charmed kind of life type of a deal where you listen to this upbeat poppy song and you're having a good time and you're jamming. And then like with that song, you're like, oh, it's about crystal meth. And then... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's it's kind of like a similar thing with this. Not maybe as heavy, but uh, right. still, uh, it's got alternate meanings. But One might say that it's kind of like ogres or onions. They have layers. They have layers. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, I'll end with this, with me saying fuck you. It actually means something. There's actually some meaning behind it. I, I mentioned, and I probably butchered the um, pronunciation of the title of this album, Fush You Mang. Fush You Mang. I don't know how, how they want you to say it, but it was taken from a line from Scarface, when Al Pacino, in his Scarface voice, completely slurred and butchered, saying, fuck you, fuck man. You, man. Okay. Fuck that you, makes man. Sense. But, I mean, now, if you, if you say the name of the, the title of this album in in the Scarface voice, eh, fuck you, man. I can't do it. I can't do a Scarface. <laughs> but, you know, you get, you get the idea. <laughs> That was Yeska with Lost Due to Incompetence, a.k.a. Theme for a Big Green Van. If you have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about right now, it's because you've never watched Cheech and Chong Up in Smoke. I have a confession to make. Is that... (laughs) Is it what I just said? (laughs) I've never watched Cheech and Chong Up in Smoke. Well... (laughs) That's see, that's fine. It's such an old head movie. Like I can't believe that I've even seen it. Like more than I want to say, I've I've seen this movie at least fifty times. Okay, wow, that's a yeah. lot of times. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. Seriously, at least that's 50 a lot times. of times. Yeah, I have it on VHS. I own it on DVD, and I I have it on my computer on my hard drive somewhere. It's it's there, and I I watch it frequently. <laughs> You're making this sound like not a big deal. You're like, yeah, no, it's a, I understand if you've never seen it, it's cool. I've seen it like a million fucking <laughs> times though. I've got a running counter on my computer. Right. Not a big deal. Yeah. I do tally marks. <laughs> Last time I checked, I was up to seventy nine eighty three. But, you know, who's counting? Yeah. <laughs> but it's fine that you've never seen it. It sounds like you really 
should be more passionate about this, telling me to watch this movie. Yeah, you should. You should. <laughs> you should. <laughs> All like, I'm going to say is you should watch it. He's like, I don't care, man. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal, man. <laughs> But no, it, it is one of my all-time favorite movies. It's one of my like feel-good movies. If I'm sick or if I'm down in the dumps and I just want to giggle about something, some kind of nonsense, this is the one that I put in. I love Cheech and Chong's humor. It's not for everyone, clearly. A lot of people might think I am. I'm not a stoner. I'm not. I do not participate. It's cool if you He's do. He's not. I do. He's not. I can vouch. <laughs> I can. Yeah. I can vouch. But anyway, so if you haven't seen the movie, the whole time cops are after Cheech and Chong because they're like suspected drug smugglers. And they are actually, you know, kind of smuggling drugs without them knowing that they're doing it. So they get deported and they know people on the other side. They get this big green van, um, which is somehow made out of it's a, a substance called fiber weed where they break down the weed and they turn it into like a plastic and a spray and they're like building this van. It's built out of marijuana. <laughs> totally. What the hell? Yeah, it, it's it's so fucking crazy. And there's like one part at the very end where uh, they're trying to be in a band. They're like trying to form a band and they're like, I don't know, this like CBGB kind of place. And they're rocking out and their van catches fire and all the fumes go up inside of uh, the, the venue. And it gets uh, everyone stoned and... So they're probably not even playing, like, good. They're just playing (laughs) shitty the whole time. But people think it's good because they're so high. So while this van is being built and it shows them driving on the sunset, this song is playing. And it is just the vibiest fucking scene of Mm. the entire movie. It's so Mm -hmm. good, so fitting. And this song, like, we keep discussing it behind the scenes, I guess, um... It kind of has that, like, I want to say, like, kind of Rolling Stones-y, but also, like, Lowrider-esque kind of tone to it, you know? Um, It's one of them songs where the guitar, it doesn't have any lyrics or anything like that. It's kind of one of them things that, like, the guitar does Does the lyrics for you, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. It's, like, very Santana in its way, too, I'd say. Absolutely. Very. And I always thought Santana would have just been, like, the third member of Cheech and Chong anyways. Like, I was just like, oh, they all fit together. They're, like, the same person. So that that makes sense that this song is very Santana in its way, too. The way they tied the van together is really cool, too. Um, I never noticed it back when I first started watching this movie. They actually have the band's name, Yeska, right on the front license plate of the van. It like oh. totally made sense to me after I watched it just this last couple of times. Um, and the song name, there's a part where they're they're driving and the police it like cuts to them talking and they're like, "Attention all units! Attention all units! This is Sergeant Stadenko. Attention all units! This is Sergeant Stadenko. We are changing from a Code Three direct pursuit to a Code Three Forty Seven." It all ties together. Uh, it's very, very interesting how they went with that. But yeah, one of my favorite little summer songs. It's not necessarily a summer song, but I wouldn't listen to this song any other time of the year. Like it's definitely it fits a summer in with jam. The vibes. Yeah, it, it makes sense. No, it fits in. I I understand the whole summeriness that you're giving me with that, and uh, I accept it. It's on the playlist. Oh yeah, so add it to your playlist and watch the fucking movie. Oh, like, okay, man. And that was Holiday Road by Lindsey Buckingham, an absolute classic. I'll even say a little bit underrated, and uh, I feel like not a lot of people remember this song these days, Grimey. Do you find the same thing, or uh, am I alone in this assumption? I'm partial to your your belief that a lot of people kind of forget about it. And I don't know if it's because it was so heavily tied into the movie National Lampoon's Vacation, Mm -hmm. um, where maybe everybody sort of forgot about it because the movie... I don't know, because it's a movie? It's sort of in, similar to Cindy Lauper's Goonies Are Good Enough song. You know what I mean? Where, like, 
right. fans of the movie remember the song, but like the collective population maybe doesn't separate the song enough from the movie f- enough for it to be popular on its own. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's a little weird way to say it, but no, I get that. And th- this song was actually written for national lampoons vacation. It was, yeah. it was. And and then it was used again on the sequel for European vacation in 85. Even with those two releases, it still isn't being talked about today. And I think I actually read, it's not just those two movies. I think it was also Vegas Vacation they used it and in some way, shape, or form. And the remake of Vacation from like 2015 with Ed Helms. It was, you're right. It, yeah, it's made an appearance in like all of the uh, Vacation movies except for Christmas, obviously. Because that really wouldn't have made any sense. Because they didn't go anywhere, people came to them. But... Right. Um, I don't know. I just hear this song and I just think summer every time I hear it. It's just so like bright and catchy and it makes me think of that scene in the movie where uh, Christy Brinkley is driving in the red convertible. Yeah. And that is just the most summery thing I can think of. So I think these two things kind of go hand in hand, the song and it being on the summer playlist in the movie and... All of that tied together. Oh, yeah. Now I just want to watch National Lampoon's Vacation. My favorite part was always when they drove a uh, dead grandma back to her, uh, to, to the relative's house oh, yeah. uh, on the roof of the house in the chair. That always cracked me up. Yeah. I always thought that was amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, as far as the song, while the song only, it, it only peaked at like, what, 82 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart during its original release, it is still Buckingham's like best known song. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, didn't it happen when they were on a break, when Fleetwood Mac was taking like a little bit of a yeah, break? So yeah. this was his own solo project type of a thing. And I saw a lot of uh, arguing online and comments that they're like, oh, Stevie Nicks it was on this song as backup vocals. And then there's other rumors going around where it's like, no, it was Beverly D'Angelo singing backup in that song from National Lampoon's Vacation. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was, I, So I don't know, there's a lot of weird like, misconceptions about this song about who sang what and how it came out and who did what but um all that aside still a banger summary is hell yeah what a banger it's what so a banger good. i love it mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know i think it's an essential pick uh summer wise if only so that you can play it while you go on some sort of a a road trip be it a short one or a long one um preferably playing it Maybe in the last uh, four or five minutes of your trip to your local-ish amusement park. And then you can pull up to the gate and pretend like you're at Wally World for the day. Hopefully it's open. Right, Derek. So that was Vacation by the Go-Go's. Believe it or not, this is not Go-Go's original song. No, their original song was Staycation. Staycation. And then their original their original band name were the Stay Stays. The Stay Stays. <laughs> yeah. Holy I shit. I read that on Reddit. It might not be true. I I don't know. No, no, it's it's true. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, so <laughs> Uh, the Go-Go's bassist, Kathy Valentine, wrote and performed an earlier, punkier version of the song with her band, The Textones. Uh, I actually prefer this one more than the original. It's it's way better. Uh, not anywhere in comparison. If you listen to the other one, you wouldn't even know that you were listening to the same song. It's that different. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. quoting Valentine here, It was like a honeymoon. We were infatuated with each other, me with my new band, them with their new band member. Pretty early on, I sat down with Charlotte one night, and I showed her Can't Stop the World and Vacation. She loved both of them and thought that they could be go-go songs. With Vacation, she said, I feel that it doesn't really go to a strong chorus. So we sat down and wrote a chorus to it. Hmm. Well, that makes a lot of sense because we were just talking off air about how this song takes a long time to get to a chorus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it takes forever. It's like a solid, what, two and a half minutes, I feel like. <laughs> Mi- minute and a half. I just oh, timed it. And so it takes, Jesus. And the song is only about three minutes long, so it takes half the song before we get to the actual chorus that everybody knows and loves, which is kind of crazy. 
So the Go-Go's version soared to the top 10 in 1982 as the title track and debut single off their sophomore album. Valentine says, I spent about a week and a half in Austin and met a guy and had a really nice time. At that point, I hadn't really even had a boyfriend like the real thing. This guy I met, I wasn't his girl and he wasn't my guy, but it was a really nice time and I was feeling a little nostalgic about it on the plane. I wrote out the lyrics on airplane napkins. So I had to get all that out of there to get to this. Mm. This song appears on an episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. The gang goes to the Jersey Shore. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> right? Ah, uh, that is like the most iconic montage. Yes. So I just told you all that. Try to interpret Charlie's experience with Jersey Shore with this song. Charlie loves it. Charlie ha- yeah. has the best time out of anybody. Yeah. And he's the one who's afraid to leave Philadelphia because he's never left Philly before. Mm-hmm. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Now, I get it. When Charlie is on this beach, he's like by himself, just kind of enjoying himself. And his crush, the waitress, the waitress yeah, randomly just appears out of nowhere. And is usually, you know, she's pretty quick to like, get him to go away and like she's oh, yeah. pretty disgusted by him on a daily basis. Well this time she's like, What you got there? And he's like, Here, this is some beach glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, wow, it's that's really pretty. I think I'm just gonna hang out with you and they they hang out together the entire time and they pass out on the beach at night together and she wakes up the next day just to find out that she was roofied <laughs> and had no idea she was partying with fucking yeah. Charlie on a beach in Jersey Shore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then contrast that with Dennis and Dee's night where oh, yeah. uh, they're basically kidnapped and um, are turned into like drug runners, which mm-hmm. is really funny. Um, wow. That's great. Yeah. I, that's so there there's some intentional picking of this song for that. Episode, oh, yeah. It sounds like. Yeah. This song, it's all about nostalgia. And that's basically what that whole episode is about. Like, D and Dennis, they're talking about how the Jersey Shore is this like perfect place. And they loved it when they were kids just to get there and find out that there are homeless men fucking underneath the boardwalk. <laughs> there are needles and stray dogs all over the beach. <laughs> <laughs> But there is rum ham. There is rum ham. Where's the rum ham? Where's the rum ham? So that grimy. If you couldn't figure it the fuck out, <laughs> was Love Shack by the B-52s, one of the most recognizable bands, I feel like, in the history of the world. Easily. Like, you hear a, a B-52s song, you know that it's a B-52s song. Oh, yeah. Iconic. Iconic. Iconic sound. You got Fred yelling in the back around. <laughs> wow, you do a good Fred. <laughs> yeah, I practiced it after that family Did guy you? joke. And I was like, <laughs> try to get some sleep out there. <laughs> Why are good. you so good at Not this? bad. <laughs> Not bad. Getting better. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so anyways... Um, this song, released in June 1989 off of their album Cosmic Thing. Uh, one question before I get into it, Grimy. Did you bring your jukebox money? I brought my jukebox money. I did. Your jukebox money. money. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. What can we say about this song? Just an absolute, very beachy-sounding, upbeat fun song uh for a long time i associated it with and i quote being a girl's song because because let me let me explain myself my mom this was like one of her favorite songs when i was growing oh yeah so right off the bat i was like oh this is a mom song right but I listened to it so much, and then I started really liking it. I was like, "Oh, this is pretty good. This has got this has got a you know some jammy vibes to it." Um, I should mention 
I said this was off of the album Cosmic Thing. That is not the album that we had in my house. Uh, I'm sure that we have a copy of it here because my parents or my mom loved the B-52s, but that was not the CD that my mom would play all the time that had this song on it. No. Instead, and I'll post a picture of this up in the Facebook group, on Instagram, wherever, or you can just Google it if you want. It's called Sunsplashin'. So look up Sunsplashin' Compilation CD. This, I don't even know (laughs) when this CD was released. Late 80s, I would assume. Maybe very early 90s. It has the most... (laughs) 80s, 90s looking art oh, yeah. I have ever seen. Yep, and I just like, sent you that picture so you if, can if look you at it. If you go into uh, a Word doc and you look through 80s clip art. It... Clip art? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like all the clip art and all the wingdings thrown together. Yeah, yep. And big in big letters at the very bottom, 16 hot summer hits and many more. Hot summer hits. <laughs> hot yes, summer exactly. hits. You know, summer hits like Brown Eyed Girl by Van Morrison. Yeah. The Macarena? Come on. The Macarena? That's on yeah. there. How Montego about Bay? Kokomo by the Beach Boys. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, seriously, that's that CD as a whole, I don't know if I can really listen to it anymore. No. It's got some misses on there. Yep. And actually, somebody was kind enough to put together a Spotify playlist with all of the songs that are on that CD, including oh. Love Shack. So if you feel like exploring the playlist, uh, the track list, uh, you can actually listen to it fairly easily. Uh, but just go look at the artwork. The artwork is the most beautiful thing you'll ever see. Like this is 90s distilled down into a picture. Late 80s, 90s, just yeah. in one photo. Uh, but yeah, Love Shack uh, was on this CD. And I remember specifically skipping through tracks on that CD, just so I could listen to Love Shack again, because I was like, oh, okay, this is actually pretty good. Um, I don't know, it just reminds me of being like in a cabana or something on the beach. I still remember the first time I listened to the song, ever. And we share kind of a similar story, I guess. Like, for me, it was definitely like, there's two girls in this song, I can't be listening to this. Like, I, I'd never listened to anything that was had girls in it. Barbie Girl, all <laughs> that stuff. Like, nope, I can't listen to this. Has girls in it. Not allowed. Not allowed. Yep. And like like you, you know, my mom, she listened to it quite often. If it ever came up on MTV or whatever, a music video would pop up. Like, I got to turn this. Can't watch this. This song, did you know that it is considered their comeback song? This was like yes. following their decline in popularity in the 1980s, the death of guitarist Ricky Wilson in 1985. This is the song that like kind of put them back on the map. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was reading about that. Pretty sad, but man. Pretty sad. What what one hell of a way to come roaring back. Now it's like one of their signature songs. It's a performance staple. They play this at like every live show they do. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Now, there's one thing before we uh, end this song that I wanted to ask you. Okay. There's one line at the end of this song that I did not know what it was until today. Actually, today, when I looked it up, because I had no idea what the fuck they were saying and I needed to know. So, Grimy, I'm going to play this little clip for you, and I want you to tell me what they're saying. Ready? I still have no idea what they're saying. So, the actual line is tin roof. Tin roof. Rusted. Rusted. Oh, okay, yeah. Rusted. Okay, and that that's... uh, The inspiration for the song was a cabin around Athens, Georgia, with a tin roof where the band conceived the song Rock Lobster. The cabin burned down in 2004, and it literally just is the cabin had a tin roof, and it's full rust. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. (laughs) So maybe you've been listening to this song for years and years like all of us, and had no idea what the fuck she was saying. That's what she said. Tin roof. Yeah. Rusted. It's just 30 years of listening to it over and over and not knowing what it's saying. And so you're just so brainwashed to forget as soon as you learn. Those are the best moments, though, when you're finally like, oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, go, go, Jason Waterfalls.
Derek, have you ever walked the dinosaur? Uh, I haven't, but I know that Queen Latifah has. <laughs> Fuck that song. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> so that was Walk the Dinosaur by George Clinton and the Goombas. Used for the 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie. If you don't like it, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I plead the fifth. So yeah, everyone knows about Super Mario Brothers movie and how bad it is or was and still is. Uh, it's not really the version of Mario everyone loves. It's like this cyberpunk dystopian post-apocalyptic vibe. Very, very strange take for Mario. And for some reason, I loved it. I still love it. Still watch it. Not as many times as Cheech and Chong, but, you know, it's up there for you. Yeah. It has its place in pop culture, and it even spawns some, like, really, really awesome action figures, and that's all that really matters. I think once you make it to action figure form, you're set. doesn't matter if it's good or bad. You're encased in plastic. Who cares? Yeah. Now, this song isn't the original version, but it is, without a doubt, the best version that is true yeah we come to that conclusion really really quick after we like found the queen latifah version (laughs) (laughs) yeah you and i one night were just screwing around we're like oh there's other versions of this song oh there's so many versions of this song wait what's this one with george clinton oh my god that is amazing yeah this version funky as hell it the best the absolute hands down best version george clinton was already a previously established musician but the Goombas, they were a one-off band. You know how uh, the Adventures of Pete and Pete, they made a fake band, Polaris, just to like yeah. have them make music? Yeah, same concept. So this, obviously, it's not a strictly summer song, but I would have to say this belongs on this list. Like, Especially if you watch this music video. It's, it's a trip. Did you see the music video? I did. I did. It's just like, <laughs> it's like iguanas and dinosaurs fighting <laughs> and a lot of like plant life just... Out of nowhere. Oh, and then there's these uh, women in Flintstone bikinis. (laughs) Mm, I think what the developers for Warpath Jurassic Park did was watch that that music video and said, you know, we could make a video game out of that. Seriously, though, it it, it almost looks like there's clips of Warpath in this music video. It could be. And then there's like George Clinton's just scattered throughout in this flamboyant bright red attire and he has this multicolored mop on his head. <laughs> oh yeah, well he was he was an unlockable character. I just never no, no. played that far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh fuck. Now, I can't say much about the Super Mario Bros movie um because unlike you, I think it's a steaming pile of horse shit. But what I think we can it's, come it's together It's the best right, steaming pile of horse shit though. It's the only steaming pile of horse shit that you want to shove your face in. Yeah, That's, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> what we can come together on and agree is that the soundtrack for this movie was absolutely stacked. Oh, like, it was. You're just right. Just looking at some of the artists on here who performed for this movie, Roxette, Extreme, The Divinals, Megadeth, Joe Satriani, they got Queen, they got Marky Mark, mm-hmm. grimy, oh, yeah. Marky, Marky Mark. Mark. And I think it's safe to say that far and away, the best song on this album is this. Yeah. Thanks to the Goombas, a fake band being supported by none other than the king, George Clinton himself. Absolutely. And that, holy shit, that is the greatest summer song of all time, Grimy. Tarzan Boy by Baltimore. Almost a one-hit wonder back in the 80s. They had a couple other songs, a few that I really like. One called The Woody Boogie, which is just the uh, Woody Woodpecker laugh that they turned into a whole ballad similar in uh, style to Tarzan Boy. Um, (laughs) But, but, um, Tarzan Boy, holy cow, I don't even know where to begin with this one. I think that is a perfect summer song. Do you or do you not agree? I do agree. He Absolutely. Agree. Yeah. He it's agree. it's I mean, what's more summery than Tarzan? <laughs> right? Like swinging through the jungle, maybe if it was like 
Sean Penn and Madonna swinging through the jungle would be like a little bit more summary, but yeah. <laughs> other, you just see other Madonna voguing while she's doing, <laughs> doing her thing. She's on Sean Penn's back, yeah, and he's got a vine between his ass as he swings from tree to tree. Yeah, I can <laughs> see it. I can see it. He can see it. Yeah, you better write this down. I'll uh, write it down. This is my yeah. This is our our big shot at stardom. We're gonna write this uh, music video for. Uh, a song that already has a music video that came out almost 40 years ago. Yeah. But this is our big break. This big is our break. big break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, we can't agree on the uh, Mario Brothers movie being good. I think we can agree that Baltimore made one of the greatest songs of all time, and that is Tarzan Boy. I've already said that. A few times I'm repeating myself, but I'm so excited to be talking about this song finally. Like, I don't think you understand. So this song, I think I've heard throughout my life, never knowing what it was. But uh, a few years ago, I stumbled across it and I like really heavily fell in love with this song. And it has been on every single Dem Boys summer playlist since the beginning. So at least five years. Um, I remember, so it must be going back to when I was 21 when I could actually legally have drinks i decided that i was going to love bloody mary's and i remember driving out to a liquor store on the morning of july 4th with the windows down blasting tarzan boy going off to get my bloody mary mix and so that's what i have burned into my brain is you know every now and then you have these like perfect summer drives like a few years ago i bought a new car and i had this perfect summer drive in the perfect uh, yeah, not in the perfect, in this like sweltering summer heat. Um, and I was listening to Hellraiser by Ozzy Osbourne. And that's just like burned into my brain, this one summer moment. And like that Baltimore Tarzan boy moment is also burned into my brain. So there's a special place in my heart for this song. It's just AC, windows down, driving fast, sweltering heat. Perfect fit. Yeah, I guess I'm right there with you. Like, I have kind of a, a memory tied to this song as well. Um, not quite the same. So you know that this this song appeared in Turtles 3, right? Yes, but I haven't seen Turtles 3 in a very long time. Okay. So you'll have to refresh my memory. So yeah, this does this song does happen in Turtles 3. I, so it reminds me of the movie theater, because that's where the first time I saw it was. If you haven't seen Turtles 3, April gets this time scepter thing. She goes somewhere in feudal Japan. Someone in feudal Japan takes her place, switch places. Turtles have to go there, which means four of these warriors have to come back in their place. So the whole time you think, and Casey, he shows up, you think Casey's going to be in the movie and he's going to play like this important part. No, he doesn't. He's a fucking babysitter for four uh, warriors from feudal Japan. And at one point in the movie, after they're, like, done partying and stuff, they're at this bar, and the four warriors are, like, playing arcade games and dancing and just having a good time, Casey comes up to him and he's like, hey, I just got word you guys are going to be going back. And they all look at each other like, dude, fuck that. <laughs> like, we're not going back. <laughs> and this song is blaring in the background. They just go back to, like, dancing to it. And, yeah, so it reminds me of Turtles okay. every time. Okay. So it sounds sort of like they ripped that straight from Bill and Ted then. Yeah, kind of. So Casey is playing Deacon. And basically. Basically like babysitting all of these historical figures, which yes. is uh, kind of rad. Maybe I need to watch that movie again. Although I will admit when you were describing it, that sounds fucking, I don't know. Dude, it's it a trip. Sounds really, it sounds like a trip. It's it sounds trip. like Freaky Friday meets Bill and Ted almost. It's, it's very places. close. Yeah, that's okay. that's good. That's a good comparison. Okay. All right. Well, so it was in TMNT3, and then we also found out that there's this really, really great old Listerine <laughs> mouthwash commercial <laughs> where they play this song. It makes no sense, and no, it's like early CG, and this right. Listerine bottle, glass Listerine bottle, right. is swinging through the jungle, and that's how they announced that Listerine was getting a new flavor. Mint. (laughs) Makes sense. Mint. Can you imagine a time before like Listerine was minted? That was a fucking dark age. (laughs) Now I'm assuming they're going for like, you know, your breath is like Tarzan breath, but like no one's putting that connection with this fucking commercial at all. It's just cruising on vines through the fucking jungle. 
I just feel like Listerine got the Tarzan boy rights dirt cheap, like $5. And somebody was like, well, we could pay for something that makes more sense. Or we could announce (laughs) the new mint flavor with Tarzan boy. People love that song. And you know what? It wasn't the worst decision that they have ever made because it was actually a really great commercial. Because it it was a great song. Yep. It kills germs just like it always did. It fights black and the gum disease gingivitis just like it always did. Now it does one thing it never did. Introducing Cool Mint Listerine with an exhilarating cool minty taste. So that was the first official Leftover Pizza Podcast Summer Playlist. I really, really enjoyed doing this. I'm looking forward to doing more in the future. And, you know, not just summer playlists, but, you know, Halloween's coming up very, very soon. It'll be here before you know it. Uh, Christmas and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Expect some playlists from here on out. Oh, absolutely. And uh, like like we said... We're going to post it up over on Spotify so you guys can just search it up. Leftover Pizza Summer Playlist. So it's as easy as that. Look it up on Spotify. It already exists over time. We'll just keep adding to it as we do more of these episodes. So Yeah, definitely. 10 years time, we'll have uh, fucking 100 songs on there probably if it goes like this. And yeah, we'll just keep adding to it. A couple things I wanted to mention before we close out the show. The Leftover Pizza Zine is officially done. I can't Hell even believe yeah. that I'm saying that. That's incredible. Um, so yeah, Grimy and I, we tried our hand at a zine. First ever issue. It's a little tiny thing. Nothing big, nothing crazy. But it's fun. It's got a little recipe in here for some s'mores that, that Grimy cooked up. We've got some, you know, a fun little newsletter. We've got a ghost story comics I don't know. There's just a lot in here. We packed it as as well as we could. And if you buy it, you also get a leftover pizza summer sticker to go with it. It's the ice cream truck leftover pizza podcast ice cream sticker that looks like it belongs on the side of an ice cream truck. So you buy that, you, you get both of those together. So pretty good deal. Pretty fun. Hell yeah. Support the little guys. These things are passion projects. You know, these aren't people with a lot of money just throwing shit around. We're just having fun with it and we think you'll have fun with it too. So uh, if you're interested, I'm sure there's going to be a link or something posted somewhere. Hit it. If not, you know, contact us. We'll send you in the right direction. Hell yeah. You can email me, Derek at itsdemboys.com or Dave at instemboys.com. We just gave away your secret identity, Grimy. That's... Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> or you can always join the Leftover Pizza Club over on Facebook or Reddit. Very active over there. We love talking with everybody. It's a good dialogue going on. Share our pickups. We share, uh, you know, hidden video games and movies that people might not know about, little hidden gems. So it's a good time. You get a free sticker when you join. And that's also where you'll be able to find the link to this little zine and sticker too. So worth joining. And even if you don't want to join over there, you can always follow us over on Instagram at Leftover Pizza Podcast. And hit up the website for all of your news and new episodes and everything, leftoverpizzapodcast.com. Hell yeah. And as we always, always harp on you guys, be sure to rate and like and do all that wonderful stuff. It helps us, helps us a lot more than you might know. That's true. Subscribe too. If you're listening and you're listening episode to episode, subscribe wherever you're listening so that you get notified when new episodes are out and you can be uh, the first to listen. With that, I think that about wraps it up. You got anything else, buddy? Nah, I think I'm going to get out of here, suck down a dole whip and go for a nice uh, hot summer drive. Listening to this playlist probably. I'm going to drink some water and cry about going to work in the morning. Uh, hang in there pal (laughs) (laughs) and with that I am Grimy from Retroplasm and I am Derek from itstemboys.com and we will catch you next time do the dinosaur yeah and bring your jukebox money Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and try to get some sleep out there. 
Summertime. 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 Summertime.